When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on an all-new Dr. Phil. You don't like me, get out! This is my house that I pay for. How do you know when it's time to say, I'm calling it quits? You kick your wife and baby out. You cut off the electricity to force her to leave. What do you say about that? I'd want her to accept my position in our household. I'd read a wise woman would respect a man based on his position and not on his performance. Respect is commanded, not demanded. He's never apologized for anything. Neither have you. A five-question quiz to take before you decide to divorce. I'm not going to Dr. Phil to get help. I'm going to satisfy you. Why is it okay with you to do the things that you do? You have to stand up for yourself. We're talking about your life. This is going to be a changing day in your life. I know things are tough out there, but we can do this. Here we go. I want you to get excited about your life. Four, three, let's do it. Go, Dr. Phil. Thank you. All right. All right. Now, you guys have all heard the old saying, hindsight is 2020, right? Yeah. And you've heard people complain, if I only knew then what I know now, I wouldn't be in this mess. Well, that's what we're talking about today. You know, I just think common sense in America is not common enough. We try to make everything really hard, but sometimes you just got to go back to your instincts and say, does this make common sense. You'll understand what I'm talking about today. I want you to listen very carefully to a letter we received from a desperate 19-year-old viewer. Dear Dr. Phil, the reason that I'm writing you is because my boyfriend and I are having serious problems and I need your help. We are fighting constantly. Scott tells me I wouldn't marry you if someone gave me a million dollars. I'm not in love with you. I wish you would just leave. I know you're probably wondering why I stay with someone who tells me all the time they don't want or love me. I love him so much, Dr. Phil. If he asked me tomorrow to marry him, I would say yes in a second. Let me get this straight. He doesn't love her. He wouldn't marry her for a million dollars. And she wants to run down to the courthouse and tie the knot. Well, by the time we read her letter, sadly, we get a lot of letters here. By the time we read her letter, she married this guy. So let's see if things got any better for Melody after they filled out the paperwork. When we got married, I thought that he would change. After we got married, he went back to the same old Scott. You're not thankful that you have a wife. 
because you're dreadful and you make everything I do miserable. You don't know how to just be my friend. I feel like I'm constantly walking around on eggshells around Scott. You never know what's going to make you mad. I can't think when you freaking drive me crazy. Why don't you try being nice? Why don't you just try shutting up? Scott says the most hurtful things that he can think of when he's mad. Like, I don't understand why you're still here. You need to leave. When have you ever wanted to satisfy me? By marrying you. Well, that was a pretty stupid mistake, wasn't it then? If that's the only reason why you got married. Yes, so. It makes me feel like I'm worthless. When Scott and I argue, he has taken my credit cards away, the car away, the computer router away where I couldn't get on the internet and do my homework for school. I always thought that once I had Landon that he might change. I always prayed about it and hoped, but it never did. I can't imagine being with anybody but Scott. I've always tried to make it work, but it's almost been impossible, but nothing ever helps. Well, that's one letter I wish I had opened sooner because she wouldn't have been in this marriage if I had to lay down in front of the car. I mean, seriously. Now, Scott feels that Melody pushed him into fatherhood and marriage, and there are times when, well, he just says he doesn't love her. Take a look. I feel like Melody was rushing me to get married. She thought that was the only way to keep us together. I'm not sure if I would have gotten married when we did. I've said some pretty hurtful things to Melody during our arguments. I'll tell Melody if you don't like the way I want things to be, or if you're just not willing to cooperate, you're welcome to go somewhere else. When we argue, I really feel like I don't love her. I feel like she's the enemy. Well, I drive you crazy all the time, then what's the point? Yeah, exactly, go file for divorce. You don't like me so bad, prove it, get out. I invited her into my home, not the other way around. I feel that Melanie and I should have avoided trying to have a child at such a young age. If we had to do it over again, would have been a better idea to wait. I think most everything that I say, even when I argue, is pretty logical and on key. Well, I'm not going to Dr. Phil to get help, Melody. I'm not going to Dr. Phil for anything other than to satisfy you. I think I'm pretty, pretty similar to Dr. Phil in many ways. I think he would understand where I'm coming from. I like to think that he would like to let Melody know, though, you know, that I am the man of the house and that I do deserve a little bit more respect. We talking about the same Dr. Phil? <laughs> Not the electrician. <laughs> okay, well let me let me get this let me let me get this right. I, I want to be sure. You have told her, quote, I'm not in love with you. True? Yes. Did I read that right? You said I wouldn't marry you if someone gave me a million dollars. You ruined my life. Uh, I don't want you in my house. I don't mind that I got somebody pregnant. I just mind that I got you pregnant. Um, when you were eight months pregnant, he kicked you out. Mm-hmm. Eight months pregnant, you kicked your wife and your baby out. You cut off the electricity to force her to leave. Are all those things accurate? For the most part, yes. Okay. So while she was holding the baby, she says you <clears throat> twisted her arm and slammed her head against the wall. Uh, she had to cover up a bruise and a black eye and that she's had to leave with the baby on five different occasions. All that true? Yes, sir. Well, charming. What, what do you say about that? It's a different situation when it's going on because I feel like I'm being badgered. Give me an example of what kind of badgering justifies twisting your wife's arm while she's holding your baby and slamming her head in the wall. And I'm all ears. I was startled. So you didn't recognize the baby was there? 
I, I was startled, like I said. I mean, it, he's 40 pounds. He, he noticed him. I don't care if she sets you on fire. You don't lay your hands on a woman. There are certain things that just kind of, as you grow up and become a man, there's just certain standards you have to set for yourself. And one of them is if, if she's abusing you, then walk away. If she continues to do it, get a divorce, get a restraining order, do something. But you don't lay hands on a woman. I'm sorry, you just don't do that. You know, that doesn't mean you have to take it. Doesn't mean you have to put up with it. But you don't, you don't fix anything by doing that, particularly when she's holding your child. I mean, let me tell you, people get injured seriously when it's not intended. Just out of fit of an anger, a reflex, you hit her, she falls down on top of the baby, the baby's head's trapped between her and the door jam. All of a sudden, you're looking at a murder charge. You don't want that, Scott. You don't want that in your life. Now, did I hear you right in your first letter? You knew all this before you married the boy. Yes. Yeah. So who did you turn down? Well, I did. Well, what kind of resume is this? He says, I don't love you, wouldn't marry you for a million dollars. I don't mind getting somebody pregnant as long as it's not you. Oh, I'll pick him? Yes. But I did leave after I wrote the letter. So I started dating someone else. He immediately came back and, you know, completely changed and, you know, said he was sorry and that he was going to do this and that. And did you grow up with dogs? Mm-hmm. You ever notice that a dog will have a bone and he won't touch it, has no interest in it, just ignores it completely till another dog comes over there and sniffs it? <laughs> then all of a sudden you got a dog fight because he doesn't want that bone, but he doesn't want that dog to have that bone. So he's going to possess that bone. Mm -hmm. So you leave and get you somebody else around. And so here comes Scott back. He, he wants his bone back. Well, he'll say that he didn't come back, that, you know, I'm the one that wanted him back. And at the beginning, I did. I, every day for months, I did. But he, he did. After That's kind of what messed things up for me in a way. And let me go because uh, the, it, it was kind of something I guessed in the beginning. I, like my last two relationships ended with somebody making it look like they wanted to break up with me and it was because of me. Within, within, one within days, one within weeks later, they were with somebody else. So it was kind of like, well, I kind of knew that the whole time. So it was kind of, uh, what was I even doing for the last several years or months or whatever? And I kind of guessed that. A lot of times that we argued, I kind of guessed that with her. I kind of guessed like she, she's no different. She's the type of person that if we broke up, within a few days she'd be with somebody else. Yeah, but you know, when, he's doing do the, when he's doing these things to you every day, wouldn't, what wouldn't once... What wouldn't make you want to go find somebody else? Well, know? I don't know. I'm wondering exactly what your standards are. I'm wondering why you would settle for this. Why would you demean yourself in this way? Why you would allow yourself to make this selection for a life partner and then decide, I'm not miserable enough. Well, I'm going to bring a baby in here to share the suffering. I don't remember ever having one argument until I got pregnant. When I got pregnant, Were you pregnant when you wrote that letter? Uh, no. All right. We got to take a break. I need a break. We're going to talk about why Scott didn't show up for his son's first birthday party. And later, how do you know when it's really time to say, that's it, I'm calling it quits? It's a five question quiz you need to take before you decide to divorce. We'll be right back. You're dreadful and you make everything I do miserable. You don't know how to just be my friend. They say, marry your best friend. You're not even close. And would your best friend sit here and play video games with you all day long? Scott, this was the same problem we had before we got married. It wasn't a problem. Yes, it was. It's not a problem now. Yes, it is. It's not a problem. Yes, it is. The reason I'm doing this is because I don't want anything to do with you right now, Melody. I don't know where to go. This is my house that I pay for. Where do you want me to go?
tomorrow on Dr. Phil. When a parent is accused of murder. One of my big concerns is what happens to Drew Peterson's children. He's the greatest dad in the world. Who should get custody? Should the children testify? And... My nephews, it's got to be horrible psychologically. Their father's being accused of killing the mother. What does that do to a poor kid's head? Can the kids recover? It's so important that somebody steps up and gives some guidance and some structure. That's tomorrow. I believe when Scott's mad, he'll do anything. There were one or two times that our arguments may have turned physical. Scott did not even go to his son's first birthday party. It made me feel horrible that his father wouldn't even show up to his birthday party. We got in a huge argument. She come up behind me and I turned around and she hit me in my face. And then without really thinking, I just reacted to it by grabbing a hold of her arm and pushing her into the wall. I'm not proud of it. I felt like I should know better. Look, marriage is hard enough when both spouses are totally excited to tie the knot. They are committed. I mean, they'll climb the mountain, they'll swim the stream, they'll slay the dragon to be together. So what are your chances of success when one partner looks back and says, yeah, I was pushed into it. And if I had it to do over again, I wouldn't have gotten married. A 21-year-old Melody says her husband, Scott, accuses her of getting pregnant on purpose and rushing him down the aisle. Scott claims that getting married was her idea, and now he's paying the price. In fact, you say it was the biggest mistake of your life. Well, I don't always feel that way. I feel like that way sometimes, but I, I admit that going into it, and I thought I was pretty clear about it, is that we were, I was, I personally was probably less ready for a relationship than ever. I mean, I grew up my entire life not having much, being a class A underachiever. Everybody, you're so smart, why do you do this? Why don't you do this? And then I just kind of, yeah, I didn't even, start working steady until I was in my 20s. I mean, so now this late in life, I've wasted so much time and I'm finally getting things done and I'm finally working and supporting myself and, you know, doing things the right way. And I just, I think I just, I w really wanted some me time. Well, you I mean, said this late in life, how old are you? I'm 28. Oh, well. <laughs> but some people got- Oh, I can see how you're getting long in the tooth. You need to- <laughs> You're 28. I got sweatshirts 28 years. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you still got your whole life stretched ahead of you. What do you think you're setting yourself up for here? Oh, heartache. Do you want a divorce? No, I don't. <laughs> Why? I don't always feel that way. I know I say those things sometimes, but it's not always like that. I just wish that I wish that she could be a little bit more supportive and not so not so demanding. This is a test. I have a test question for you here. How do you define integrity? That's my favorite word. Uh, I, I always define it as knowing what you say instead of just trying to sell it to somebody else that you mean what you say. Feeling it. Yeah, well, we're kind of on the same page because to me, integrity means that you do the right thing when nobody knows but you. I'm, I'm really wondering why you're willing to accept this behavior from yourself. As a man, why is it okay with you to do the things that you do, to talk to her the way you do, to be abusive with her? And he's never apologized for anything, ever. Neither have you. See, this is you common don't. sense. Forget about television. We're talking about your life. We're talking about your marriage. We're talking about your family. We're talking about your future. Why are you willing to accept this kind of lowbrow behavior from yourself? 
I guess I thought it would have an impact. I don't want her to change, but I do want her to accept my position in our household. Kind of when I say respect, like I'd, I'd read a letter uh, on the internet once that said that a, a wise woman would respect a man based on his position and not on his performance. And I, and I have to stop that because everybody's going to say, no, 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 respect is earned. And, and that's what I mean, but... I'm glad you took that back, because you are in a room full of women, and I can only guarantee... <laughs> I, I was waiting for that. I can only guarantee your safety to the point at which they begin to rush me, okay? <laughs> he doesn't think about the things that he no, does. I, but listen, it's not about position. You are right. Respect is commanded, not demanded. You command respect by being respectful. And, well, we need, all right. Um, so, you know, so where are we here? This is common sense day at Dr. Phil. Do these two just need to cut their losses now or does this marriage have a chance? Also, I'm gonna tell you the five questions you must ask before you decide you're ready to walk out the door and get a divorce. We'll be right back. Coming up. I have a lot of stuff. I have my tools, my video games, my, my vehicles. I have a lot of hobbies. I'm just real protective over the things that I have. I feel like my stuff is an extension of me. I think Melody's treated some of my stuff pretty horribly. I finally get a house and everything I want, and now I immediately have to share it with somebody else. Sometimes I feel like I've been set back 10 years. Scott will say, this is his house, this is his money, he pays the bills. Nothing belongs to me, everything is his. And later... Sherry had asked for a divorce. I was totally devastated. It killed me. She just destroyed four lives. And I hated her for what she did to our family. After we got divorced, I moved to another state because I was afraid if I lived around the corner, he'd just drive over and kill me. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. Melody was always her daddy's princess and she's never had to support herself. Melody has a way of making me feel like she's taking advantage of me, making me feel sometimes like I'm just here to pay the bills. He's older and he feels like he's smarter. He feels like he can treat me kind of like he's my father. And if I don't like it, then I know what to do. I can leave. We're talking to couples whose relationships went from bad to worse after saying I do. Before they got hitched, Melody says her husband Scott would tell her, I'm not in love with you. I wish you would leave, and I wouldn't marry you for a million dollars. Well, she married him, and he didn't get the million. So it just went from bad to worse. Well, let's take a look uh, at the five questions that I think everybody must ask themselves before making the decision to end a marriage, and then I'm gonna talk to you guys about this. Number one, are you still in love with your spouse? Are you hurt? Are you scared? Are you angry? Are you confused? Now, you're gonna be surprised probably because if the answer to those questions is yes, then you're not ready. The time to get divorced is when you can walk out the door emotionally neutral. 
you don't get a divorce until you are at peace, that you've done everything you can to rehabilitate the marriage. You've looked under every rock. You've investigated every avenue of pursuit. Now, I'm going to tell you all what I think. And I'm not asking you to substitute my judgment for your own. I'm just going to tell you what I think. I don't think that your feelings have very much of anything to do with her. I, I do think you grew up in, in a real broken situation. And I think you have really had to work and fight and claw your way back to what you believe some degree of respectability. And so you kind of like, okay, what have I accumulated? What I, I, I've got me a house, I've got me a car, I've got me some stuff. And this is my stuff and I got it because of my work and it's my stuff and you stay out of my stuff. Don't you crowd my stuff. Don't you touch my stuff. Don't you mess up my stuff. Don't leave trash around my stuff. Mm -hmm. that's, that's him. Well, I can give you a perfect example of that. My guitar is always out of tune. I don't know what it is. It's my little two-year-old running around grabbing it. My problem with that is I know my two-year-old is going to do stuff. I know things are going to get messed up. But my problem is out of six days that I was gone, why wasn't it picked up before I got home? He probably That's just did it right before he got home. But you don't know no, what the deal is. And look, trying to keep up with a two-year-old is trying to like corner a spider monkey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do, but yeah. do you understand what I'm saying? You, you have that, you are very much of a single mentality in a couple's situation. Yeah. And you've either got to decide, you know what? This is a partnership. We're sharing time, space, money, energy, things. This is all shared. I am a provider, I am a protector. All of those things that go into being a husband and a father. And you, let me tell you, I strongly believe you teach people how to treat you. And for some reason, I guess you just decided that there's something wrong with you and that you better marry somebody just right away. I asked him why he was willing to accept this from himself. I'm asking you why you're willing to accept this from yourself. You gotta treat yourself with dignity and respect if you want other people to do so. But at some point, you have to stand up for yourself. This is not healthy for you. Oh, I know. For you to subject yourself to this is wrong. You have to be willing to say, look, you may not have wanted to marry me. You may have thought I pushed you down the aisle. You may think I got pregnant on purpose. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. I don't know, and frankly, I don't care because the past is over, the future hasn't happened yet. The only time is right now. And you two hear me loud and clear so you can think about it, reject it if you want to. But you either need to negotiate a partnership here or you need to shut this down. Because I'll promise you, if you don't, if you don't come together and make it better, it won't get better. And I've said it before, don't, don't think about it from a child's perspective because children would a whole lot rather be from a broken home than live in a broken home. Mm -hmm. and, and you know that. You know that. Wouldn't you rather live peacefully with one parent than in a war zone with two? Well, that, that, was, that was my motivation. I mean, that was, that was the only reason. I wanted to try. I didn't want to be away from her. I didn't want to go date other people. Okay, but, but you're that's exactly not what trying. She did. You're not trying. You are pouting. Well, I mean, you, now. I meant before. You, but I'm talking about now. She bothers your stuff, crowds your space gets where you don't, this is not your house. You're wrong. You think it's your house, go down to the courthouse and ask them whose house it is. Well, that's, that's, 
I'm just telling you the way it is, Scott. I'm just telling you the way it is. It, it, this is, for you to say this is my house, what is she, a guest? Is she a guest? She's not a guest. She's your wife. Guest of honor. And she doesn't, she may not work outside the home at this point, but she works inside the home. And by the way, stay-at-home moms work the equivalent of two full-time jobs. Plus, I'm going to school. This truly is a partnership. Just think about that, okay? Will you think about that? Absolutely. And, and I'm happy to get you all some help to negotiate kind of a new contract in your marriage and talk about some things you haven't talked about yet. All right. When we come back, I'm going to talk about a bitter ex-husband and wife who pulled a plug on their marriage more than five years ago. Are they still battling it out? We'll talk about that when we come back. I can't stand my ex-husband's harassment. He'll go on these rampages. I ruined his life. I destroyed his life. I took everything away from him. You deserve everything that comes to you. Sherry was banking on me dying. Because if I died, she gets it all. There was no love there. talking about what happens when marriages turn into train wrecks. Now, Cherie and Sean were married for nine years, have two teenage sons, and although they've been divorced for more than five years, Cherie says that she hasn't been able to get rid of Sean. She claims he never accepted a divorce and continues to find ways to threaten and harass her. It's been five years since my divorce and I can't stand my ex-husband's harassment anymore. He'll go on these rampages. He's told me he hates me. He'll never have another family. I ruined his life. I destroyed his life. I took everything away from him. He'll leave these messages. You're turning the boys. Now they don't want to pick up the phone because of you. You're turning them against me, aren't you? The next day, he'll call and ask for me, like normal, like it never happened. I don't know why he can't move on. After we got divorced, I moved to another state because I was afraid if I lived around the corner, he'd just drive over and kill me. He would say, it's a good thing that you left New York because I'd either be dead or in jail. Knowing that there's somebody out there that feels that strong about how he hates me is pretty scary. Well, Sean admits that he's still in love with Cherie and says she ruined their lives when she demanded the divorce. I love Cherie till the day I die. I will never stop loving her. She'll always be the love of my life. Cherie had asked for a divorce. I was totally devastated. It killed me. I never expected it. She just destroyed four lives. My children are grown. My house is gone. My job is gone. My health is gone. Sherry's gone. In the end, I feel that the only thing that Sherry wanted from me was my sperm and my money. There was no love there. So during the divorce, I found out that I had colon cancer. Sherry was downright rotten. She was actually having an affair. I got on the phone. I was yelling, screaming, ranting, raving. I wanted to kill him. That's how much I hated him, and I hated her for what she did to our family. I felt like Sherry was torturing me while I was dying. In my mind, Sherry was banking on me dying. Because if I died, 
she gets it all. Sherry is alienating me from my boys. I wish I had my family the way it was, just to have it back even for one day. It wouldn't mean the world to me. Okay, uh, Sean, you listened to everything that Sheree had to say, right? Yes, I did. Why do you stay so intently involved with her? She says you're, you're calling her slut, raving lunatic, and irrational, and, and calling up and leaving these phone messages. I, I have to tell you, that sounds really unstable and pretty obsessive to me. That was right after I found out that she was having an affair with another man. I never man. had an affair, come out. What? I never had an affair. I don't know why. What the hell are you talking about? I never had an affair. <laughs> um. It's all in your head. And do you still call her and interact with her now? Um, up until just recently, well, I call her, you know, to talk to my children. And why do you call while the kids are in school? To have you help me with the computer. <laughs> Listen, I'm very uneasy about this. I mean, you're saying you fear for your life. You say, he said, it's a good thing you got away from here or somebody would be dead and I'd yes. be in jail. Yes, I was Did shocked. you say that? Yes, I did. Uh, you you when, can't when, when say she, that to I, people. I agree with you, sir. When I was young, I used to have a violent temper. When she decided that she was going to leave me, I didn't know if my temper was still going to be the same. I have matured. I had matured prior to that time, but I wasn't aware of what I might do. That was three, three weeks ago. Literally three weeks ago, you went and... Didn't sound mature on the phone when you hung up on me. I don't what know. happened three weeks ago? Well, he, was, he called like a nut. He turned into a nut. He was my best friend the first beginning of the phone call. He was just great. And then I made, a, I don't know, I said some trigger word or something that really pissed him off. And then he went on, whoo. What was and it? And he hung up on me. I remember talking about the taxes. And that was a good reason. That was ridiculous. That's, go ahead. That's I, so I, I've got to take a break here. Maybe you can figure out what it was that you were talking about, because I, <laughs> I do want to know. I mean, it's only three weeks ago. Sean admits he never wanted the divorce and claims that he still loves Cherie. There's another woman involved in this story who claims she loves Sean. When we come back, we're going to hear from Mary and get to the bottom of all that. Interesting day. We'll be right back. I don't really have a father figure in my life. Whenever I see my dad, it usually always ends in a fight. He can go explode over the dumbest things. It can be perfectly normal, then all of a sudden, boom. I just wish he would be more human. I want my dad to stop harassing my mom. I want him to just pick up the ball and start being a father. Tomorrow on Dr. Phil. When a parent is accused of murder. One of my big concerns is what happens to Drew Peterson's children. He's the greatest dad in the world. Who should get custody? Should the children testify? And... My nephews, it's got to be horrible psychologically. Their father's being accused of killing the mother. What does that do to a poor kid's head? Can the kids recover? It's so important that somebody steps up and gives some guidance and some structure. That's tomorrow. Closed captioning provided by... shows in front of a live audience and we have a great time here don't we everybody so if you want to be in the dr phil audience go to drphil.com and click on be in the audience or call 323-461-PHIL 323-461-7445 we'll see you right here
I got a phone call saying that she had six months to live. When Sherry found out that I had cancer, she wasn't as sympathetic at all. Honestly, I don't think he has cancer anymore. It's been over five years. <laughs> this is the longest six months I've ever seen in my life. Well, once a couple has made the decision to split, how do they move beyond the bitterness? Now, Cherie says she divorced her husband, uh, Sean, more than five years ago. But he continues, according to her, to harass her with phone calls and threats. Now, Sean was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer, but according to Cherie, he's playing that cancer card for all it's worth. And she's not even sure that she believes him. In her words, he had six months to live, and that was more than two years ago. How are you doing health-wise? I'm going to see an oncologist as soon as I get back to Florida. But I was told by my GP that I should go settle, settle my affairs and that basically it was all over. Actually, I should go out of the country to seek treatment because there was nothing more they could do for me. Okay. That is almost two years ago, and I thank the Lord that I'm still here. I, I knew he had cancer. He did have cancer. He had cancer, but... He said he had six months to live when I first found out he had cancer, and I felt horrible about it. Horrible, and you know that. No, and I don't know that. five years later... See, that's, that's where the bitterness comes in. Well, you don't want him to feel guilty for still being alive, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I understand that could be a betrayal of sorts, but, but no, seriously. I felt absolutely horrible. Do you think I, he, I just, do you think he embellished it, or do you think that he's beat it? Or? No, no, I think he's beat it. That's, that's okay. the thing, I think. He, he beat it, and, but he's still saying to everyone that he's still dying of cancer. Okay, well, I hope and pray that you're, that you're doing better. And I'm, I'm, I, I, I hope wish so, wish you nothing but the best. Sean lives with Mary. Now, he claims she's his caregiver and nothing more. So let's hear how Mary thinks she fits into the puzzle. Sean and I met when Sean was first diagnosed with cancer. I moved in with him because I was having problems with my marriage. She was very pretty and she liked me, and I went for eye candy. I deserved it, I was dying. I love Sean, because he's a wonderful person. I care for him very much. She gets my food, she makes all doctor's appointments for me. He's depending on me, I'm depending on him. I won't leave his side. Sean started calling me, saying, I can't stand her anymore. He started calling her Crazy Mary. She's crazy. I believe Mary's in love with me. I love her but it's not the same. Sean will always love Sherry because she's the mother of his children, but the marriage is over and there's no way that they're going to get back together. Well, Mary, th thank you for being here. Are, are you in love with him? Yes. He would call me all the time. Call me all the time saying but, how crazy she is and stuff. And you say you're still in love with her. I am in love with her as the mother of my children. That's all I keep saying. So you're in love with him. And you're in love with her. And how do you feel about Mary? I feel sorry for her. You feel sorry for her? Okay. Um, now, I do. Okay. Brendan is here and Sean Jr., right? You guys are teenagers, and I, I usually wouldn't have teenagers involved in something like this, except you guys are in it up to your eyeballs as it is, right? Definitely. Yes. So, what do you think's going on here? Sometimes out of the mouths of babes, what do y'all think's going on here? I know my mom is just completely fed up with uh, dad because it really upsets me. <laughs> okay, well, how are all these mixed signals, nasty exchanges? I mean, how's this affecting the kids? Where do we go with this? Is there danger here? We'll be right back.
DrPhil.com, brought to you in part by... 80% of us don't get enough calcium from food. Our bodies can steal it from our bones. Give yourself some TLC, Tender Loving Caltrain, and give TLC to somebody you love. Travel consideration provided by... Close Shave Barbasol. Close Shave's the call. Better by Barbasol. And Pure Silk Shave Cream for women. Looks like, feels like, legs like pure silk. to purchase a tape or transcripts of your favorite Dr. Phil show, please log on to drphil.com or call 866-4-DR-PHIL. Because you stole my kids, stole my kids, you slept around, I'm fighting for custody of my children. I'm not putting up with this anymore. Hello, it's almost 4.35. Uh, will I be able to speak to my kids ever again? Only one ring and all of a sudden I lost you. Hello, is anyone there? Damn man, my kids are fucking you piece of We're back with Cherie who says she can't seem to get her ex-husband to leave her alone and move on. Sean says Cherie betrayed him when she left him for another man while he was dying of cancer. And now she's alienating him from his children. What do you, write the script. Say it now, on tape, right here. What do you want's gonna make you happy? I just want my kids back. I don't want well, her in my life. But your kids don't live with you, they live with there, her. There you go, so well, I don't get what I want, but I really, the way I look at it right so now, if miserable. I never speak to her ever again, I'll be yeah. happy, but she has no, to follow. No, you make my life a living hell. No, I mean. Our argument over the past three weeks, our argument over the past three weeks has been going, in regards to somebody in her family claiming my children on their taxes. Because you didn't take care of them that year and she took good care of us. I yeah, that's what people am do. paying child support right now. By law, I have By, to. Morally and legally what she's doing is wrong. Because I unemployment. Yeah, okay. Right, hold don't on. make it so volunteering it. Give me a break. It's like you missed a nice guy. I had to force you to pay child support. Who seems like the angry I've one I've been going through the, the, the dumping in, that's why. Yeah, I heard your voicemail, so I don't, I don't put the halo over your head too that quick. Vo here. That voicemail was, she left me, she told me she wanted a divorce. Within five weeks, she left for Florida. I came because out of the hospital. Of the I, came out, I came out of the hospital. Three days later, there was victim. a man in my children's home that slept over that night before. I would have... Never and that's why got I the was kids away angry. from their home where they have friends up the road and they have a, they're stable in school, but you told us to get out. I didn't tell my you children ever to, to get, get out. Get out. Get out. Yeah, you won't get this house over my dead body. Okay, so y'all don't really want to hear what I got to say. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, seriously. He to leave. He says if you want a divorce. I had to leave, and I had to leave. Yeah, I, yeah, I wanted to stay far my, away from you. And that's my the only quote place was, I, can go. I am not willing to give a home, give a home to a woman that ruined four lives. Oh, I want, no, no, you ruined, <laughs> you ruined four lives. You did. If it was all peachy, I would still be there. You're the one who did it. Sorry. You're a character. <laughs> I just want to tell y'all both something that you can think about here. And then I'm going to get reports on what you do. But I'm going to put you on notice of something that I think is the absolute gospel truth. Every time you choose 
to go into a tug-of-war power struggle, manipulating each other by calling her names, by blocking phone calls, by sabotaging communication, or, or whatever, I want you to know that these two young men down here are the ones that are paying the price. Every time you call their mother a name, every time you threaten them, every time you manipulate, these boys are paying the price and they don't deserve it. And if you two, if you two aren't mature enough to negotiate a post-war peace, then they're going to pay the price. Now, Scott, you've been listening to every bit of this. You grew up in the middle of this, did you not? Yes. And you grew up in the middle of it, did you not? No, sir. Has it affected you? Yes. Quite a bit. This is like, re this is like home movies for y'all, right? This is like reruns. It's like we got together at Thanksgiving and played your movies. Hey, Dad. <laughs> and you can see exactly the... And, and I just want you to know, you're, when you do it, you're making a conscious choice to sabotage these young men. But you know what? There are people that will come get the children, take them to the other place, pick them up, bring them back. You don't have to have this interaction. You said at the top of this discussion, you said, I don't care if I ever see her again. And I don't. I yeah, prefer not that was to. right after you told me you were still in love with her. But I No, no, I, again, I, I say the same thing. I am in love with the woman that I thought she was. That woman the I am woman not in love with. Okay, well, that She's woman's, always going to be the mother of my children. Okay, well, then that woman's gone, yes. so you don't need to talk to this woman about that woman because this woman is not the same woman. Correct. So you can really, we can put up a fence here and give you some peace because you just both get upset. We, we, you just need to decide that you're going to rise above this for these young men's benefit. And y'all are worth it, right? Yeah. yeah. I know they are. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, we don't have, have a health plan. plan. We have a plan to stay healthy. I'm tired of the hardship. I'm living on less. But I'm living more. Covering. My credit cards are maxed out. Maxed out. But my brain isn't. Change is coming. Is it coming to you? It's my life. Every crisis, every problem, every life has a turning point. It's my time. Every day is a turning point. If you need a miracle, be a miracle. Dr. Phil. Start a change reaction in your life today. Listen, times are tough. Our country is in the midst of an economic crisis. That's why we've compiled the best financial information for you over at DrPhil.com. Scott, have you heard anything here today that's going to change the way you approach your role as a husband and a father? I need to do something that defines me. I need to find what I'm looking for, and I need to, I think that would help quite a bit. And I need to give my wife more respect for what she does, what she goes through. And, and you understand this is a partnership, right? You understand yes. this is a partnership. And both of you have to stand up and, and be good partners. And Sean, Cherie, you truly do have a higher calling. It's so easy to get into the pattern of venting and being frustrated, and you make that knee-jerk reaction, and a few minutes later you might not do it. You know, think about these boys. They deserve some peace. They Really, they deserve some peace in this, and they're not getting it. And, Mary, I hope you take care of yourself in this situation uh, as well. And if you need help brokering this, then we're willing to make resources available to you uh, on both sides of the aisle here today.
Go to drphil.com. We're going to be talking more about this. Thanks for being here. So long. Scott, have you heard anything here today that's going to change the way you approach your role as a husband and a father? I need to do something that defines me. I need to find what I'm looking for, and I need to, I think that would help quite a bit. And I need to give my wife more respect for what she does, what she goes through. And and you understand this is a partnership, right? You understand yes. this is a partnership. And both of you have to stand up and, and be good partners. And Sean, Cherie, you truly do have a higher calling. It's so easy to get into the pattern of venting and being frustrated, and you make that knee-jerk reaction, and a few minutes later you might not do it. You know, think about these boys. They deserve some peace. They, really, they deserve some peace in this, and they're not getting it. And Mary, I hope you take care of yourself in this situation uh, as well. And if you need help brokering this, then we're willing to make resources available to you uh, on both sides of the aisle here today. Go to drphil.com. We're going to be talking more about this. Thanks for being here. So long. <laughs>